Stripes. I am James Yevon. And I am TJ Stolzenberg. And welcome back to our studio. Yes, the apartment. Glad to be back. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Let's just say, uh, last week was quite an adventure. Boy, <laughs> an adventure. Oh. That was a great way of explaining it. Oh, man. So, short story long, uh, finding a place to record a podcast might seem easy, might seem hard. But it wasn't the treacherous uh, degradation adventure we had last week. You want to explain a little bit? Okay, so uh, we didn't do it here last week, as you <laughs> may have noticed. So we had to go to different locations to figure out where to film this. We decided to go to the senior center, I believe. Community senior center. That was. I was like, yeah, it's got rooms, it's got silent things. Yeah, it's worth a shot. It closed at four o'clock, and it was five o'clock when we were trying to find a place. So when I pulled out of there, James followed me, and I saw the Baptist church. I thought to myself, hmm, I played basketball there once on a carpeted basketball floor. It was weird, but silence, rooms, wireless internet. I walk in, and the first gentleman I see says, oh, absolutely, we have a conference room right there. And then a woman came from out behind, now! Cut him right off, now! See, when you first told me that, I'm like, this is a PG-rated show. I know, I, was, I said the same thing. I was like, we are sport, we are PG, family-oriented, sports. We talk about sports, we talk about all the good things. And the woman just said no, looked me right in the eye, and I, Probably shouldn't have said this, but I said, ah, uh, yes, giving back to back to the community, house of God, and everything. And I walked out. Probably shouldn't have said that. I apologize, but you know what? We were on a mission, and uh, our time was ticking. Yeah, it's so. like the Blues Brothers were on a mission from God to yes. give you great content. <laughs> All right, so but then we found the library, and uh, well, our adventure wasn't over yet because when we got there. Oh boy, to say the least, the room was the opposite of soundproof. We couldn't do this. We couldn't we could do that. that. We couldn't yell. We couldn't do this or that. Now think about it. My voice is very deep. It Bellowing carries. Deep. You have a good voice, sir. I will say. Yeah, think about it. You can probably hear this voice all the way from New York City right Absolutely now. Absolutely New York. But the problem was in the windows slash where the edge of each window should be, there was an actual gap, half inch uh, wide, to the library, the silent, quiet library. Yeah, so silent, so quiet. How's this gonna, how's it gonna work <laughs> when we have the both of us? Think about it. Yeah, absolutely not. And if we wanna actually reveal our passion for what we love to talk about, that was not a conducive environment. Much love to them, but uh, hopefully they don't hear what I just said. But also, we appreciate that they tried their best to suit our needs. So, I will say this. Uh, they tried to bring us up to the teen room. Yes, the teenager room. And there was not a single teenager in sight. I don't think teenagers go to libraries anymore. They probably I, don't know what a library <laughs> is now. I do know that there was about seven babies up there. And uh, screaming away, no matter what they did, if I put duct tape or... Styrofoam in the window cracks, they were gonna hear the baby screaming, you were gonna hear the baby screaming, and I thought that was bad ambiance in the background. So... So, yeah, we're gonna talk about the biggest baby out of all the babies. Speaking of babies... We're go gonna... We're go gonna ahead. talk about... Go ahead. I know how much you love... I love him! Go ahead. As you may know, TJ is a huge LeBron James lover. But... The biggest problem of this season has been him all along. 
LeBron, for the second time, left to play with the Los Angeles Lakers. Four years, $161 million deal. Trying to bring a championship to L.A. for the first time in about 10 years. Mm. It has not worked, and he is the problem. Okay, so I agree with 2% of what you just said. Oh my god. <laughs> I will say, take him out of the equation, and we're not, we haven't even talked about the Lakers all year. Take him away from the team, and who do they have? Lonzo Ball? We would probably hear little rumblings about uh, LeVar Ball and uh, Never Lost, or his new shoe, or Big Baller Brands? His new ha hairdo, or <laughs> lack thereof, whatever. <laughs> That's all that would be talked about in LA. But we're now. Think about it. The gravity to LeBron and the media. Yes, it is the uh, media capital other than New York and Chicago. But think about how much we're talking about it. How about about a man who's just missing the playoffs? Is it the actual fact that it's astounding that he's missing the playoffs? Or is it the fact that the man is pulling the puppet strings and he is... Ooh, changing the tundra behind the scenes. Now, here's the thing with LeBron. LeBron has been acting like the own coach, the own GM. He's been doing this probably for the last, like, 15 years. Yeah, yeah. I will say he will, and I will admit, the decision that he made back in the day, it seems as if he's at least learned from that. That was terrible. That was negative publicity and making it way too much about himself and just selling something that he's not all about. I do see all these TV shows and productions popping up. Uh, and I will say when we get further into Anthony Davis, something gets a little interesting with that. But I don't know if 100% of his heart and soul is in the Lakers that he has in front of him because he totally just tried to get rid of five of them yep. to get Anthony Davis. Yep, I have the list right here. So... Back when they wanted to get Anthony Davis, who's hands down one of the best power forwards in the game. Absolutely. Just absolutely nasty. And he's still in his prime, by the way. Absolutely. That unibrow ain't getting stopped. All right. So, the Lakers, they would have gotten Anthony Davis. The Pelicans would have gotten Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, mm. Kyle Kuzma, who's yeah, absolutely he's he's a stud. stud. Josh Hart, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, ah. and two first-round picks. Of course. So and, oh, and two first-round picks. It sounds like the entire starting five for them. I wonder what happened. I wonder why that fell through. I mean, granted, I don't know if it was something behind the scenes because wasn't there the LeBron uh, show that Anthony Davis was on? The Barbershop, I the think The Barbershop. He has a little talk show. And... Everyone was saying, was he just doing smoke, smoke, you know, smoke and mirrors, distractions? Look over here, and then misdirection. I'm going over here. I thought there was going to be some kind of result from it, or some kind of player coming from somewhere. I was hoping it'd be like, I don't know, a Kawhi Leonard or somebody, Kemba Walker, anybody. But is it really happening that LeBron has? upset or pissed off too many people and nobody wants to play with the man? Oh, you kidding me? Think about it. Every day, you're going to be known as LeBron wanted to trade me to get Anthony Davis. Right. Everybody was like that. You remember that game against the Pacers, which I think was one of the worst losses of LeBron James's career? I think it was like a 36-point loss. Oh, are you talking about when he's on the Heat or on the... No, the Lakers. This oh, happened like yeah. a few days... This happened like a... 
like a couple of months ago. Actually, so yeah. yeah. So say that this is me and you, you know, sitting next to each other, and you're LeBron James. We're gonna say that you're LeBron James for a few minutes. Everybody literally was like this. Oh, they wow. didn't want to sit next to him at all. Yeesh. So you could tell that there's like like a really bad chemistry with the Lakers. At one point, yeah. being the number four seeds, they are now. The 11th seed. Five and a half games back. Five and a half games back of the 8th seed and Mm. are at 30 and 34. And let's just say Mm. LeBron hasn't been playing a lot of very good defense recently. Okay, we will say that. I will say he's putting up monster numbers on offense, but what we've learned from LeBron himself, that's not the only thing you need. You need to involve your teammates on offense, get the chemistry and flow going, and you need to play lockdown tight D. I will say, I think, I'm not making an excuse for him, I'm not making an excuse, I think the man's playing a little hurt, because if he sits this out, he knows the scrutiny is almost impossible to come back from, so he did sit out for a little less than a quarter of the season. About 16 games, I think. So, uh, I'm not exactly sure how well he did during that, but clearly uh, nothing's really changed. Uh, They're not beating the teams they should be. The Phoenix Suns. The Suns? They're How not, did they lose to the Suns? I don't know. And I do know that LeBron is getting a taste of the West. The wild, wild West. Yeah, the West, obviously the most toughest competitive yeah. conference. Day in, in and day out. Let's just say this. Every team, one through eight, are over 500, unlike the Eastern absolutely, Conference. Absolutely, absolutely. And the Eastern Conference... He could steal a couple wins here and there, would you say? Like, he would play, I don't know, uh, your Nets or something. My, my beautiful Nets. We go hard. Harris. Um, but it's not like that out there. Like, on average night, you're playing the Thunder. You're playing... You're playing the, the Warriors. The, the Nuggets. Nuggets. Those teams. Those sly uh, jazz. The, the Utah Jazz. Uh, we I do want to slay. <laughs> yeah, I, was I, was about to say, the jazz. I was about to say Utah Nuggets. Or the Denver Jazz, but you know what? We'll go with the. Uh, well, the, they really, they truly brought the Jazz to Denver. If you but think I, about I will it. say, um, people are not expecting anything to actually come of them. But uh, they are actually looking good. They are kind of sitting pretty. The Utah Jazz are looking currently at a six seed. They would play the winner of Portland or OKC. That is a much more direct and very possible route to the conference championship. However, and that's assuming the Warriors stay as a one seed. If I was the Jazz, I would rather face Portland than Thunder. Because Westbrook and George, who has been amazing. uh, Yeah, Paul George tipped the cap to that. Definitely should be an MVP candidate. MVP candidate. He's he's doing both. Defense and offense. Are you kidding me? Astounding at uh, offense, by the way. But the potential is the Utah Jazz, who have somewhat of an easy schedule coming up, uh, if they become the five seed, that would put them in the line to play the Warriors, and uh, it's the less reasonable path. Um, but I will say this. Name me three Utah Jazz basketball players. Right now? Yeah. All right. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Kyle Korver. Okay. <laughs> See, that's, that's, that's James for you. He, he does that. It's what he does. Kyle Korver Let me great. ask you, because... In your head, you're like, oh, yeah, that guy. Oh, yeah, that guy. Maybe Rudy Gobert. Maybe that whole thing where he cried from didn't make any All-Star game, which I respect, by the way. Rudy, Go- Rudy Gobert is absolutely a monster. Monster. His wingspan is so ridiculous. It's like this. And he can move. 
Oh boy, can he move? He's not just like a brick wall. He's a uh, wacky, waveable, inflatable, arm flaying tube man, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say this Utah, I can't name another Utah Jazz. Is Jay Crowder out there? Or is that Jay like, Crowder's still there. Did he go back there? Was he a Denver Nugget, then the Boston Celtic, now I'm, Utah Jazz? He was the Celtics. I know he was on the Cavs because he was part of the Kyrie Irving deal. He and was. He definitely was Boston, like you said. I'm not sure about Cavs because he bounced around a lot. Yeah. I know he was on either the... Because the Nuggets and the Jazz, to me, are light blue, and they're all kind of out in the Midwest, and they're all so kind of mediocre, but have great defense with players like Paul Millsap, who are so B- and C+. But Paul Millsap. I'm, uh, I'm getting a little out of hand. Yeah, here. yeah. Where's our digression? <laughs> I, I, I digress. I digress. So let me just say... LeBron has something in store for him that I didn't think he expected. He does have a backup plan, let's be honest. There's a team of people in a room right now sweating and putting pencils in their hair and they're like, I don't know what to do. We have all of our options failing. But I think he needs to change his approach with how he's addressing the media and his team. I think he at least has to own the fact that, hey, I came at this like a business. I came at this... This is probably the first time these young players are experiencing what probably feels like betrayal. The spotlight. Well, here's the thing. And the spotlight. Yeah. The, yeah, this is the first time like these young players are experiencing the spotlight. Like, think about Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma. Yeah. You know, they're very young, actually younger than me. I- the national spotlight because they did get some. They, they did get some spotlight in college, and uh, Lonzo Ball's father helped uh, add too much. Uh, don't worry about it. Add way too much pressure to him. But you're right. It's the first time they have questions such as uh, pertaining to their teammates who in college those are your boys that you're uh, bunk betting with and playing cards in the middle of the night and you know sharing a beer with on the weekend or I don't even know if athletes drink but I will say this is the first time these guys are getting asked how does it feel to want to be traded by the best player in the game how do you answer that question I don't know Think about it. How, how do you play the next thing? Think about it. These aren't, these aren't the players that we listed on here. These aren't players that are like, they will score like five points a game and only yeah. like give like one rebound. These like, are actually... Brandon Ingram. Like, Brandon Ingram broke out. When LeBron went down, he stepped up. He had a couple of 30 plus games. Yeah. Kyle Kuzma, we, he's, he's great. He's established in the flow, man. Ball has definitely have way too much more to prove. Because yeah. like, the Lonzo. Lakers definitely regret... Trading D'Angelo Russell to my to my Nets. I will say D'Angelo Russell does look pretty right now. Uh, Lonzo, it just came with so much baggage, but you almost think, hey, he went to UCLA, hey, his father and all the drama and the media, it fits well in LA. I could beat Michael Jordan on the one-on-one. Oh yeah, yeah, prove it right now. Undefeated, never lost. But uh, no, sorry, uh, that. Chemistry did not happen, and I'm glad that Lavar is quiet and off. The, he at least is not setting up his uh, other sons for I think even the, more failure. I think the last news I heard from Lavar Ball is that he wanted to be an NBA coach. I'd be like, that is literally <laughs> the worst idea imaginable. I'd be like, Lonzo is playing 48 minutes of this game. He's going to shoot threes. He's going to get 70 points. Is Lonzo still shooting the ball from his left kneecap? Oh, you mean like this almost? <laughs> shooting it from over here. Ah, did I make it? I, I just... But he... I, I heard through the grapevine, because I'm clearly not watching regular season NBA basketball. I'm only watching the highlights. Or if it's on, the only thing on. 
Is he even getting better? I heard he had a little bit of a... He's, he's doing a little bit better, but okay. he is not... I hate to break it to you. He's not D'Angelo Russell. No, no. D'Angelo Russell is on a different planet right now. All right, different planet. I like that. Uh, I will say your nets are surprising me. Oh, you... How do you think I felt? <laughs> I mean, like, if you're an Ets fan of any kind, you can sympathize. If you're a Mets, Jets, or Nets. Nets fan, you can almost say, I understand how you feel because mediocrity is a win. Think about it. I'm so used to mediocrity with the Nets. Unfortunately, Although, worse than mediocrity. Just terrible. <laughs> Terribleness, if that's such a word. Yeah, terribleness. Anyway... But yeah, 33 and 33. They beat the wow. Mavericks by 39 points on Monday. Ooh. They faced the Cleveland Cavs today, which is hopefully another win for them. Last time they fit last time they faced Cleveland, they had a three overtime game. And I think that was our second or third podcast. They had that triple overtime win before the All-Star break. I'm like, okay, this is the point. We're just gonna take off. You know, there. that's interesting you say that because honestly, right before the All-Star break, momentum. Harris, Joe Harris, three-point conference. Joe, Joe Harris is going to be amazing. That's more momentum. This team's got a little hype to them. And after, it sounds like, you know, they had a good W the other night or last night. So uh, momentum carried through when some teams kind of stop. These guys have something to play for and fight for. So For the first time in like five years. <laughs> as you may know, the Nets had one of the worst trades in, in MLB. NBA history. Humphreys? Nope, not that Remember when they tried to get uh, Paul Pierce and uh, Kevin Garnett and Jason Terry and they gave up like six first-round picks? Did they try? Because they obviously never happened. Uh, They did do it. Oh, the Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett were on the the team for one season. At the end of their career. Yeah, they went 44-38, and which doesn't sound great when you have a guy's consistency with Darren Williams, Joe Johnson... Paul Pierce, yeah, Kevin Garnett, Williams. and Brooke Lopez. Yeah, you remember Darren Williams. Darren Williams was great. He was great. He did become great after he left. Yeah, Darren Williams, Paul but Pierce, anyway, Kevin Garnett, after their career in the, in Boston, right? Let's just... Yeah. Yeah, okay. I Let's just say um, they only made it as far as the second round that first season. Then after that, Paul Pierce left for the, for the Wizards. Kevin Garnett got traded back to his hometown team, the Washington... Or not Washington. Boston. The Timberwolves. Oh, yeah, you're right. The, the Timberwolves. Timberwolves. And then the Nets have been 20, the 25. I don't even know, then. but you're right. I, that was a mess. They clearly sold the house just to get uh, back... Uh, some kind of publicity because that whole Barclay Center was just built and uh, Jay-Z was like, you know, I need some doll hairs. It was their second their second season in uh, Brooklyn. I will say, think about how many new stadiums and new, so many new team, possibilities of team locations, what, things that are being built, like the whole Raiders uh, situation, the Chargers moving, the new, when that, when that bar, by the way, I have never been, but I've heard nothing but great things about that Barclays Center. Barclays Center? I want to go to a Nets game soon. I would I really love to. Do. We should absolutely do that because I've been to the Garden. The Garden's great. As a Madison Square Garden. No Boston fans. Wait, you kidding, wait, you kidding me? Don't no. call yourselves the Garden. There's only one Garden that's Madison Square Garden. Yes. Not to hate on you Boston and fans. You guys have a great team, by the way. Absolutely. Sussex. But still another dysfunction team. <laughs> dysfunction, but I think they're going to hit it. Like Eventually. Regular season NBA is just a, a soap opera. Okay, anyway, before I digress, well, I, I, digress, I, digress more, I digress, I digress. Where's our jar? With all these, yes, with all these teams uh, moving around, I wonder if money... Money. The Benjamins. Is the Benjamins. The is, big time. It's becoming all about the Benjamins. Am I naive in saying it's always been about the Benjamins? 
Or is it just more obvious because we have more access to these players' intricate little details or these owners' stories or plans with the team, trades, trades that failed, TV shows on the side, LeBron James having so much power and reach that what has it given him so far? Uh, the 11th seed, 30 and 34, and teammates hating him, and also he wants to fire Luke Walton, which is a bad idea. Poor Luke Walton. He doesn't deserve it. Luke Walton has been trying everything he can to try to keep everything so silent. But it just hasn't worked out for him at all. And let's be honest. LeBron doesn't need a coach that's too much of a personality. No. Look at Eric Spolstra. He was just so Eric Spolstra. So just kind of right there and clearly worked with LeBron. And if LeBron was having a hissy fit, Spolstra knew how to speak to him in a way. And same with... Tyron Ty- Lue. Tyron Lue, I yeah. just feel like Tyron Lue kind of was like, do your thing, man. Like, uh, I got I got the post-game uh, conference. But something's different about Luke Walton and and his understanding of how this is all going. I think LeBron's catching a little resistance where he usually doesn't. And that's also because this is the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers, 18-time world champions. How do you know those things? I just, I just they just pop in my head. That a boy. But anyways, the reason why, uh, before I get into the idea of money, because I was going to talk about some overarching things about gambling. Uh, money is such a huge thing in our world now. I wanted to bring up the uh, the money behind the old Bryce Harper. Ah, Bryce Harper. Remember last week when we thought Bryce Harper was going to be on the team? I said he's probably going to go to the Philadelphia Phillies. You did say it. It was on the podcast. And about uh, 12 to 20 hours later. Yep. Signs A. All right, get ready for this. Can we have a nice drum roll, please? If you guys don't know, he signed a 13-year, $330 million deal. My first initial reaction was, what is he thinking? The Philadelphia Phillies. I just, I digress. What I will say is, he's thinking security. That's the only logical thing. And I'm thinking money. Yes. Because he rejected a four-year, $180 million deal. That's right. Or $175 million deal. With the Dodgers, From right. the Los Angeles Dodgers, who made it to the World Series back-to-back years, lost. So if the scatter plot is X, Y, amount of money and chances to win the World Series, that would have appeared to be the best, best team possible. Because Stacks team... Uh, you got rid of Machado, which probably helped the team, to be honest. Oh, definitely. And you're getting looking at $44 million per year on average when, uh, yeah, I don't think I've ever heard of that amount being No, paid. that would be the most amount per year per in year. baseball history. By over $10 million, I think, right? Yeah, I know. Is, is, I don't know of any – is there any 35 – I don't even think so. I think 30, 30 and change is like the biggest – Per year, yeah. Well, Machado is getting thirty per year. John Carlos Stanton set the new record. Yeah, John Carlos had like a twelve or Stan, thirteen year. John Carlos Stanton is not too far behind. He has a thirteen year. So he's probably like twenty five, so twenty seven per so, year type thing. Yeah, as of right now, Bryce Harper has Jeez the richest contract. Now, if my uh, my math is correct, three thirty divided by thirteen, that's about a little over twenty five million dollars a deal. Mother of now, here's the thing. The the thirteen year three hundred thirty million dollar deal. That's not what bothers me. What bothers me is is that he wants no opt outs, no trade clause. So he is stuck with the Phillies until he is thirty nine years old. You are absolutely right about that because 
Scott Boris. Scott Boris, yeah. He's the one. That is not like him. He doesn't get contracts where his, his guy doesn't have options. He, you almost wonder if Scott Boris and Bryce had to come to an understanding of what he was really trying to get to because I feel like Scott Boris and the the deal to the Dodgers, four for seven, 175, there was the offer from San Fran, five for 215, which comes out. Just, San Fran was the 12-year deal. That was the one I was talking about. Oh, I'm about. sorry. What was the five-year, two? The five-year. Well, the Dodgers offer was either going to be four years or five years for that. Oh, for the that. Dodgers was Yeah, the four-year four okay. was the 175. The five years, if they did five years, would be 215. But he'd be a free agent at the age of 31, which Ooh. is still pretty solid. But he, so here's, here's the kicker to all of this. Here's what I see underneath it all. And... He made a choice based on no confidence, not no confidence in himself, lack of confidence in himself. Because if he took that contract, he would not only have the money and a solid chunk of his career still to go in his 30s, but then he almost knows, I don't want to risk all of a sudden declining. And at 31, all of a sudden, I'm not the hot potato anymore. He doesn't, and he wouldn't get another big contract. It was more important to him to have security. So I almost feel like he himself to his core and his soul knows that four or five years is pretty much all he might have in the tank being an absolute stud. The last eight, nine years of that contract is going to be gross. Are you kidding? Yeah. Here's the thing. You know how much I hate 10-year deals. Yeah. Anything above. And we've seen two 10-year deals this season. Why would you have someone for 13 years with no trade clause? You know he's going to decline by the time he's like 34, 35, around there. Yeah. So think about it. He's stuck on this team. He could be batting 056 with like one home run and like 600 at-bats. Not that I think it's going to happen. Yeah. But anyway, but he he's could. stuck there. You know what? It's it's. I saw Pujols, who I was cheering for because he seems like a, a man of the game. He seems like a... Good soul, good guy for the sport. His contract, his not-so-good start to his career in L.A. And what happened? He just kind of, they justified it. Oh, he's batting two-something, but he's got a couple. Not the same 330, 100. You know how badly I wanted him to go back to St. Louis? Because he won the World Series for them in 2011. And then that offseason, he goes to the uh, Angels, who... uh, Who've made only one playoff appearance. Not to mention another L.A. team. Yep. Ironic. But uh, I digress. Here's the thing. (laughs) I always wanted to talk about this. I know we were texting about it as soon as the news broke. Is this the worst contract in MLB history? Worse than the two A-Rod contracts. Depending on who you're asking, like from which side it's coming from, I think it is. Because I agree. of one simple thing. Bryce Harper might sell some jerseys. He might hit a couple exciting... Uh, he has sold the most jerseys within 24 hours after signing a team. Well, there you go. So he's going to sell some jerseys. <laughs> he's already done that. He's got, he's got defense in his, in his uh, repertoire. He's not, gr- it's not great at defense, but... He can hit. He's hitting for average, not so much. 249, 34, 100. If I told you... Someone was going to pay a guy who hit 249, regardless of home runs. 25 million a year for to hit 249. Is it that easy there's to no, play baseball? There's no way. I just, I don't know if it's the worst contract because you're depending. You're asking him or you're asking Scott Boris. But the fact that there's no 
no way he has wiggle room. He is in there like swimwear. He ain't coming out and uh, unless somebody else picks that up, he has no choice or no say over his future other than I know I have a future collecting giant paychecks. So maybe it was good. So I don't know. here's the thing with with Harper. The numbers 13 year 330, that's absolutely ridiculous by the way. The play on the field is what's going to represent that contract. Right. And speaking of the play on the field, we were looking at the uh, last year roster for the Phillies versus the projected opening day. And they've made some moves, I will say. You uh, you noticed it yourself. Yeah, uh, they uh, they got four new batters, by the way. Good ones, too. Great batters. You remember our guy, Andrew McCutcheon? Wish we still had him, to be honest. I wish we did. They should have gave him the three-year contract, not going to lie. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like, how do they have enough money to get the other guy's money? Well, Gene Segura, they got it from a trade. They sent Carlos Santana, who was on the team last season. They traded him to Seattle. Now he's back with Cleveland. That's right. They got Bryce Harper, obviously. And uh, JT Realmuto, you know, the the hot trade of the offseason. Catcher. Catcher. From Miami. JT Realmuto almost went to the Mets. He oh, almost went right. to the Reds. We had this discussion how if the Mets got JT Realmuto, it would have been the worst trade in Mets history. Because they would have gotten rid of Noah Syndergaard, who oh, probably would have went to right. the Yankees. I was going to say, um, hey, we wanted Thor so badly. Thor would have been great. Oh. But anyway, yeah, the Phillies got four new batters. This is their projected opening day roster. So obviously you got McCutcheon at the leadoff spot. He's yep. great. You got Segura, who bats over 300 every season. Absolutely. Bryce Harper, despite his contract, he's still a, a very talented hitter. You got JT Romuto, who is obviously one of the best catchers in the game. <sighs> Sanchez is right behind and him. And let let's just pause right there because I'm going to read last year's uh, average lineup. Actually, you can. All right. It's, it's too disgusting. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, catcher is either a guy consisting of Alfaro or Nap. I, I know. There's a lot of people who don't know K, what that is. Carlos Santana, who actually signed a deal with the Phillies, but then he went to Seattle after that. J.B. Crawford, who also went to the uh, Mariners as well. Cesar Hernandez is Scott Kingery. Scott Kingery was supposed to be the biggest talk in Philadelphia. It really didn't turn out that way. Odubel Herrera and Altair, that really didn't work. Nick Williams, who is he? And we're already digressing because yeah. look at that. They made some moves. Here come the Phillies. You know, I think that seriously changes the uh, NL East uh, big time. The Mets are going to be the Mets. Let's be honest. They're always just going to be the, the Mets. The Marlins are going to be the 60-win woe team. Oh, man. They, they, they don't have JT or, uh, yeah, JT Real Muto. And yeah. Yeah. The Nationals. The Nationals are just, they're so perfectly mediocre. The Nationals, look, they got Corbin. They stole Corbin from Even us, with by Harper, the way. they were mediocre. Yeah, but oh. then here's the thing. The Nationals, they have the best trio of starters. Steven Strasburg, Scherzer. Max Scherzer, and getting Patrick Corbin. But then again, they You're paid right. a lot for Patrick Corbin, who had his first breakout, who had his... First great season overall last season. Right. You don't know where you're going to get from him. You're right. So, yeah. It's I, I just, that's, I see Philly making changes. They're probably excited out there. Uh, that is a big change. A big, you know, they have, they do have that, that stud of a man who has two different color eyeballs. Can you name him? Max Scherzer? Yes. Max Scherzer. Always, I don't know if anybody noticed that. Next time you see Max Scherzer, look at his eyes. 
Two different colors. Oh, I've always noticed. The only time it didn't Brilliant. Know, Beautiful. They didn't do it in an MLB game up to like a couple of years ago. Oh my God. You noticed that? Yeah. What was it? There was like a picture. I'm like, I saw one blue eye and I saw one brown eye. I thought it was a mistake. That is awesome. I know. That's how I found out. But anyway, <laughs> last year, the Phillies... <laughs> Last year, the Phillies went 80 and 82 record with that mediocre lineup. This year, they're definitely going to win above 90 games. Oh, I'll, I'll give you above 90. And especially since they're going to face the Mets a lot, the Marlins, Marlins a lot, the Nationals, the Nationals a lot. The Braves series is going to be Braves, great. Braves are legit. They're also going to, this is the year where they really show if that was a fluke where they just had so much momentum and they're riding that single file line, or if this is a thick. Wall the team coming through with you're some gonna foundation. Get, you're going to get your first season of Ronald Acuna. You have another season of Ozzy Albies. They also got Josh Donaldson. Ozzy Albies. Josh Donaldson. Good. Year. That was a good contract for them. I I personally enjoy the one year deal because yeah. Josh Donaldson, the 2015 AL MVP. Don't ask me how I know that. It's just no, you know, a lot of things. things. A lot of things go in my head. But yeah, that Toronto when he was with Toronto, Toronto. he was. He was unstoppable. Nasty. I was nervous. <laughs> we were nervous to face Josh Donaldson because of New I remember. But yeah, the one-year deal because wow. he was always injury-prone. This is definitely going to be the season that's going to prove if he can go back to his MVP ways. Absolutely. I don't think he's going to go back to his MVP ways, but I think the one-year contract holds it holds him true. He's going to have to do whatever he can to be out there, get the best uh, season he can, do the best job he can for his team, and try to get paid again. And I think that that holds a man honest one-year contract. He's not going to sit out a couple extra games, unless it's barring injury, like you said. But I'm, I'm a big fan of him. I did fear the living daylights out of him when he hit in front of... Uh, they had uh, Justin Smoke in the five spot. Batista, Encarnacion. Okay, Batista, Encarnacion. They were, they were loaded. I think they had, their leadoff hitter was either Troy Tulowitzki... At the time, why or, would you get Troy Tulowitzki? Or wasn't it wasn't it Rajay Davis? Rajay, ooh, you can actually Kevin Pillar. That's right, Kevin. Oh, he was even better. Kevin Pillar is literally Superman in center field. Man, he could probably you could, you could literally hit a ball from where we are, hit it all the way towards the match pike towards Boston, wow. and he will actually grab it. He was he was bomb, and you know they had a nasty nasty lineup, pitching. Not so much. No. Strowman, okay. They have a bunch of those guys that, if you're doing a fantasy baseball draft, you're pretty much drafting their two through five starters at the very end just to fill your bench. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, pretty much. Nonetheless, I digress. No, you're not digressing. I'm digressing. That's a good point. Anyway. I want to say this. This interesting stuff I found out. Uh... I will say this, uh, we're talking about sports, we're talking about money, we're talking about the tundra shifting and the power, powers that be in the sports, LeBron moving everything around, or is it the media? The $300 million deals. <laughs> two of them. Within, in the same season. So, I want to look at another aspect, uh, the gambling, the legality of gambling coming down the pike here. Um, I will say for those, I think most people have had or heard enough or don't even want to think about gambling when it comes to sports. Are you kidding me? I don't trust myself. I don't <laughs> trust my abilities. I try my best not to get involved with that because it's going to get ugly. Did you hear that, ladies and gents? Because that is the exact way to actually approach gambling in sports. Have an idea of who you are because if you don't, 
things can get out of control relatively fast and all of a sudden you're facing problems you never thought you would and you don't know who you are anymore. This is why you don't put money in like fantasy leagues and all that. Yeah, well... I could say this about... You have to put a little bit in there make it interesting. But I digress. Yeah, I digress. But anyway... You gotta be careful with that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Don't no. pick Jonathan Scope, because I did that <laughs> one. Jonathan Scope! That was $10! No. <laughs> Anyways, the difference is, there's still legal bookmakers that are, you know, popping up everywhere, trying to get a slice of the action. Um, it's either gonna be a, a legal sports book, or people are gonna still use illegal, privately run enterprises. You know it's gonna be legal around all 50 states eventually. It's going to be legal, but here's the reason why I think feel like people are still going to use their guy. Taxes, number one. If you win anything, it's going to be on record. Mm-hmm. The government will know. Two, uh, the, one of the most important, they're working uh, around uh, circumnavigating various gambling laws, but especially the Unlawful Internet Gambling, uh, Gambling Enforcement Act of 2006 in the United States. That's a mouthful. What it really means is, in select markets such as like Las Vegas... Gambling. Vegas is the biggest city out of everything. <laughs> gambling, yeah, absolutely, you're right. Or self-serve kiosks at OTBs or anything like that. They need the bets up front. You either slide the money in the slot or you place the money down and you get a, a ticket. Or you get the third option and don't do it. <laughs> ah, maybe. That's the smart way. You go get a beer instead and actually put your money towards something. It's the smarter way. But he's the smart one, ladies and gents. I'm the... The brains. So, anyways, they take... Well, you tell, well I, do, I do stupid things, too. <laughs> I can't lie. Yeah, we're stupid together sometimes. And exactly. we're smart together sometimes, buddy. Depends on the story. But I will, <laughs> I will say, the interesting uh, dynamic is people putting money down first to, get the, to place the bet in the legal markets. Illegal bookies, due to the uh, nature of their business, can operate anywhere... But only require money from the losing better. So you can say, I'll put 100 on Texas. But you don't have to actually, and if it's a minus 110, you put $110 down, expecting to get $210 back. Instead, a lot of legal bookies don't even have to waste the gas to go back and forth. They say, just cough it up when you lose, and there's a vink. This is where a huge problem comes in, and we need to make sure we're ready for this. The fact that they can do that, uh, collect from losing betters and not have to worry about getting anything in the middle, thusly, it creates debt, or the possibility of more debt uh, to yeah. the bookies. See, debt is the one thing you want to avoid. And you want to avoid debt at all costs, especially with the U.S. government, but we're talking about bookies, sharks, people that uh, don't do the same things the People that play by the rules do. Uh, it creates a number of possibilities of further criminal activity, and whether it be the oh, I didn't even think about you know that. whether it be the cliche of a slashing of a tire, but it puts pressure on not innocent people because people need to own the fact. But let's be smart about this. Gambling can be a sickness, and I honestly say that because it can be an addiction. It's an addiction, and. Uh, I can say that because I know it's in my blood. When I'm bored, sitting at work sometimes, I look up at the screen and think to myself, man, what would make this Wofford versus Loyola Tech State adversity game more interesting? Huh, let's throw $20 on it. And then I'm into it like it's my life savings. It gets carried away very fast. And 
Might I say, I digress. Uh, yeah, you got to be careful with those kind. Why do you very think, careful? Why do you think I do FanDuel or I love doing fantasy? Like I do fantasy baseball, I do fantasy football. Bad on both of them. Not gonna <laughs> lie, I do do it. Yeah, with this I, mind, I'm still have bad. You, was, have you ever won either fantasy football or fantasy baseball? Nope. My last time I went, last time I in a fantasy baseball, I went three and seventeen. Three and seventeen. Because my because one of my <sighs> friends, one of my friends is like, oh yeah, this is gonna be a great deal. We could give you Luis Severino for pitchers who are like similar in that caliber. In your league was pitching huge? Yeah, pitching was huge. It's like you know what it is? It's they like didn't tell me about that. Here's the thing. With fantasy baseball, they looked at my team because they knew I love baseball, that I knew every aspect of it. Right. That literally as soon as I finished my lineup, they wanted to start trading. I'm like, oh. I, can I just spend one week with, with my team? They're mine. I literally had a team consisting of D.D. Gregorius and Nolan Arenado and Luis Severino. Wow. So you see, I had Severino too, and he was awesome. The um, first half, he was awesome. He was awesome. <laughs> what I will say is, they put so many points individually. I don't know how yours is scored, but all I know is pitching was huge. A starter... That's every, how you get the most points. Every out he got was a point. I was like, wait a second. Every out was a point. A strikeout, I think, was like three points. Or like yeah, something, something like, like that. Ridiculous three, number. A win turns into five. And all of a sudden, you have a starter who had a decently mediocre, but like a, he, he did his job. He went six and two-thirds, gave up two earned runs, only four hits, and had like eight strikeouts. That was like 28 to 36 points. Yeah, position players, it doesn't matter all that much. And you know, you know I, that's the thing. I thought about that. These pitchers, these starters, only play... 1.25 times per week. Yeah, they only play so once every five days. They only play once every five days. You don't right. get them like every day of the week. Right. You get so them either you get the them one That's the only week, thing that made sense. Or you get them at two. Yeah. Right. So you, you might get lucky and, and line up the pitcher that comes in on Sunday and you get them again on or uh, Monday and you get them again on Sunday. Yeah, pretty much. But the thing is like these position players, uh, a guy went, he almost hit for the cycle. He had a single... A double, and then another ball that almost went over the wall. He ended up getting a triple, but it still it was like, and he struck out twice. So he had like a, a you nine. You like two points, like for a strikeout. Yeah. Or so instead of like having that. thirteen or fourteen points, he ended up having like nine or eight. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, the guy he hit the ball against put up like thirty-five points. And I was like, this guy is only getting nine. This is rigged. Nobody told me about the pitching. They just recruited new flesh and blood to toss money into the pot. And uh, I learned hard the second year how important pitching was. So be ready, uh, Italian club. I'm coming for you this year. Shout right. out to Dickie. I got a great story to tell you about fantasy baseball. I had one player on my team. You know, Anthony Rendon, the third baseman. Oh, yeah. yeah. So about two years ago... He went six for six with oh. three home runs and ten RBIs. Wow. That was like points galore right there. Holy he, moly. He gave me like 35 points, I think, that game. That is That insane. one game, and I still lost. Holy moly. That's, that's, how many points is that? That's like 35 points. From like a, 35 to 40 points from a position player. You see that on a position player, you're like, Burr? Burr? I remember one of my players oh was my a, they got a, you know Scooter Jeanette? We had this oh, discussion. Yeah, yeah. Scooter Jeanette had a four-home run game. The next day, my uh, my friend decided to add him on the team. Wasn't the same. <laughs> <laughs> he knew he was adding that guy's team, so he's like, you know what? I'm never going to do that again. Just kidding. Bad joke. I digress. Yeah, right. I will say, we have covered a lot of topics. Um, a lot of it, the theme today, I felt like, was things that aren't working but are being messed with due to power, money, 
and overall the shifting tundra of behind the curtain in sports. You know, I, we're other than making it known, hey, here comes gambling, and it's a coming, so be ready. LeBron James, I feel like you might want, you might be sick of talking about him. You might not want to, but guess what? We all are still talking about him. It's the same reason why when Tiger Woods is playing or not playing like this upcoming weekend, he has a neck strain, so he withdrew. As soon as every man in America and woman, or I don't know, reads that uh, across the bottom line, they're immediately like, eh, yeah. I'm not watching that. We are drawn to power. We are drawn to stars. At the end of the day, we don't actually know what we're doing to affect the outcome of what we're watching. All right. Now, on that note, are you ready to talk about some beautiful Yankee talk? Tell me, brother. All right. What do we know? Well, how about when we turn on the TV today? <laughs> we got a funny story. Before we talk yeah. about the Yankee talk, is what was it? We were taking notes. You know, we were thinking about things to talk about. We turned on, and the Yes Network was on. Yeah. I was like, oh, how about that? Last time the TV was on, that's what James put on. So we're both head down, writing in our notes. I looked up once briefly and saw a guy named Kale Koshaw pitching, and I was like, who? 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 Anyway, uh, so, you know, spring training, later innings, you're going to have a bunch of guys that don't know, that you don't know. So anyway, I think a guy named Paul DeYoung, he was at bat. Both of we're, us, head down like this. All we just heard was, uh, we're like, oh, whoa. I'm like, whoa, what is that? And I was like, oh, that, yeah, that's gone. Wow. <laughs> the sound of that. Literally, going from the stance, we're like, all right, the second pitch, the second pitch that we watched together for Yankees. So hopefully, that is not a uh, sign. A regular season thing. But anyway. Get that uh, out of the way. Anyway, that's that's not a guy you're going to see. No. But anyway, yeah, we see him. He hits a day fly ball left field. Out four. Out four. And it goes out of the stadium. And uh, I, I kind of laughed to myself. I looked over and I was like, we both looked up at the exact same time. And it was just like, all right. It's like we both knew. It was like we knew. It Restart. Like, it was like the sound. <laughs> it was like the sound of the oh, bat. Yeah. It's like you knew. I'm oh like, yeah. Uh oh. <laughs> when you're every, whenever you have your head down and the sports going on, it's the crack of a football pad, the crack of a home run, anything like uh, a good drive in golf. There's just a elite, beautiful sound that you know it had more oomph, ohms, umlauts. I have no idea what the science is behind that, but. It rang true to your soul, and oh my god, when it's hit against you, it's not that exciting, but it was spring training, so we were more just excited to see baseball. Of so, course. You know. By the way, opening day, 22 days. 22 days. Tw- oh. That's about three weeks, March 28th. So, speaking of opening day, I will say we had a little bit of sad news. We had a set. We had a little bit of a setback. Yeah. Our ace, Luis Severino. He got scratched from yesterday's uh, start against the Atlanta Braves. So I'm not fully aware of exactly what's happened to him. Uh, You want to tell us? So what happened, Luis Severino, he got scratched from yesterday's start against the Braves. Turns out that it was shoulder inflammation. So we could take a little deep breath there for a second that it wasn't a fracture or a pull or strain. Anything that could be season-ending. But he's going to be shut down for two weeks, and Aaron Boone is saying that okay. it's highly unlikely that he's going to start opening day. Yeah, no need. Uh, I heard rumblings of uh, some kind of surgery or something, and I hope that rumbling isn't a rambling. But if it's anything involving such a young ace, 
Take especially your the time. Short. Oh yeah, I agree. He definitely Take needs to. Your t- time. Especially with him, he he's he's so fragile. You can't mess with this guy because he's the ace of the staff. Ace. He's the ace. Forget about what happened last year. He's the ace no matter what. Ace. He still was an ace last year, even having a tough second half. Ace numbers and ace performance against the A's in the playoffs. He almost won 20 games last season. Yeah. So but anyway. I'm not forgetting last year. So here's the couple of things. You hear about the Luis Severino thing. Do we get Dallas Keuchel? Or do we do the farm way? My father asked me the same question. Ah. Uh, we have been trusting Brian Cashman to do whatever he's doing for some time now. It's been successful. We've been talking about how he's probably got to figure out how to pay everybody and save the money for all. Whatever he's doing, don't change a thing. Uh, saying that I love Dallas Keuchel, and I think he needs a revolt, a re-clear in his, in his career. He, yes, the Astros are a very sexy team to play for, very exciting, always in the hunt. But I really think Dallas Keuchel needs that big stage in New York to revitalize that filthy off-speed stuff he has and uh, get him and his beard back on track. Yeah, back his to his 2015 AL Cy Young. How weird is it going to be not to see his beard, though, if he does come to pinstripes? Oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. They were thinking about either Dallas Keuchel or Gio Gonzalez. <laughs> I just thought about it. Oh, I love Gio, by the way. Gio is still consistent as a veteran. Absolutely. I, um, let's get both. No, just kidding. Uh, Dallas. Yeah, Ke- if only. I have a feeling Dallas Keuchel uh, might not come now because of the whole beard thing. I don't know. But Dallas Keuchel is still proven to be a very good pitcher. Is he an ace? Not like he used to be, but is he a good three or four starter? It's something, or two or three starter? It's something we see in those types of players who are studs for a year or two, and then all of a sudden they taper off, they need the hunger, they need the hunt again. I'm telling you, if he changed his market, his media, he would uh, definitely pump up the gas again. And uh, I think he could be a beautiful two, even three, behind Tanaka. Um, Tanaka, I think, is going to be starting opening day. He should be. And Definitely. I don't think you want to give James Paxton no, no, first, no, year, no, no. first year with a new no. team. I think that's way too much pressure for him. No. But Tanaka is definitely going to be opening day, so get ready for Tanaka time. So, Tanaka time, I like that. So, we uh, may have covered more on not Yankees things, but uh, there's a lot to talk about, and... Basically, if we started uh, talking more and more about the Yankees, we'd be here all night. Oh, yeah. You kidding? <laughs> Are you kidding me? It'd be midnight. I'd be like, oh, yeah. Dude, time to I break out the to... cereal. Yeah, time to break out the cereal. I got to go to work the next day. Chewy bars. <laughs> but, Chewy, uh, Chewy bars. Buddy, I got to say this while we're, while we're still on air. I absolutely love doing this. This is so much fun, man. This has been nothing but fun. Honestly, I, uh, I've been looking forward for this. For I look a very forward long time. to this. I love doing the notes. I love it. Keeps me up to date on what's going on in the world. Um, I will say we are two uh, handsome devils making an awesome show for an awesome uh, group. So we thank you. We thank you and uh, all the listeners out there, loyal. We love you too. And uh, signing off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel. My name is James Yevin once again. I'm TJ Stolzenberg. We say thank you for joining us for Life in Pinstripes. We will see you next week. Rock and or roll.